Sessions by Broadway Direct. In this podcast, we have in-depth conversations with Broadway's brightest, bringing you what's new, what's noteworthy, and what is coming next to a stage near you. I'm your host, Elisa Gardner, and this season we'll be speaking with some of the artists and insiders who are continuing to help Broadway rebound and thrive after the shutdown. Today, I'm joined by a couple of actors from Second Stage's much-acclaimed revival of Richard Greenberg's Take Me Out, currently on Broadway at the Helen Hayes Theater. One of the actors joining us today is Brandon J. Durden, who is returning to Broadway after winning much praise in Skeleton Crew, Jitney, All the Way, Clybourne Park, Enron, and Prelude to a Kiss. He also won Obie Theater World and Adelco Awards for his performance in an off-Broadway staging of another August Wilson classic, The Piano Lesson. And Brandon's other off-Broadway credits include productions of Julius Caesar, Peter and the Starcatcher, The First Breeze of Summer, and Detroit 67. And he's been on TV series such as The Good Wife, For Life, The Get Down, The Quad, The Accidental Wolf, Blue Bloods, and The Americans, where he played Agent Adderholt. We're also joined by Eduardo Ramos, who is making his Broadway debut with Take Me Out. His previous theater credits include productions of Vanya and Sonia and Masha and Spike and Boras de Sangre, for which he was awarded the Premio Ace for Best New Actor by the Association of Latin Entertainment Critics of New York. Eduardo's TV credits include Alternatino with Arturo Castro, The Deuce, Kevin Can Wait, and Inside Amy Schumer. Brandon Eduardo, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, it's our pleasure. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us, Elisa. So I've been starting episodes by asking everyone what these crazy past two years have been like. I believe this production of Take Me Out was originally supposed to open in the spring of 2020. And then, of course, the pandemic hit. So tell me a bit about that and and what followed at that point. Want to start, Eddie? Sure. We, uh, yeah, we came together February of 2020. And uh, I got to say there there was a chemistry right from the start. Again, I might be romanticizing a little bit because it's in our past, but um, the, the room felt good pretty much right off the bat. And um, we had a great three weeks of rehearsal together. Uh, we were really looking forward to making this happen. And throughout that whole time, there was the lingering joke about, uh, about uh, coronavirus and uh, and all that. And sure enough, as we got into March, the virus was starting to spread. Things were shutting down. And I want to say maybe like the 11th of March or 16th, around then, um, our uh, wonderful theater director, Carol Rothman, came into rehearsal and said, uh, hey, guys, unfortunately, this will be our last rehearsal. We think we're going to take a, about a two-week break and let this virus <laughs> simmer down. And... Uh, We'll see you in uh, two weeks. We've spoken to your agents. Everyone's cool with uh, pushing everything back two weeks. And uh, all right, let's get back out there. And uh, <laughs> and then two weeks became two months. And then two months became, guys, we don't know when this is going to happen, but we really want this to happen. And we want all of you to be a part of it. And say la vie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Brandon, do you yeah. have any memories you'd like to add? Yeah, you know, it's... It's it's really interesting, and I think it was probably a godsend that we had we had started this before the pandemic shut us down because it kept 
all of us having something to look forward to on the other end of this thing. I know so many actors, you know, who were just out of work with nothing to look forward to and no prospects and just the uncertainty. But this theater, Second Stage, and Scott Ellis, our director in particular, he was so communicative the entire two years. And we have a text chain with all the guys on the text chain. And so the if you scroll through our text chain, you see, you know, some of the cast members had uh, children during the time and uh, other major life events. And so it was just really nice to have this extended community, even though we weren't able to share space together, that we were still in constant communication and just full of hope that one day we would be able to bring this incredible story, you know, back to Broadway whenever it, the time was right. You know, it feels like divine timing, actually, that we're back here. I mean, the story... Uh, I mean, since we shut down, so many things have happened in our country, uh, mm. country, so many reckonings, so many questions that the country's had to ask of itself, you know, during that time that we were all in quarantine, you know, through, um, you know, the, the racial strife, the, you know, just the questions about our democracy at large, how we, we treat one another, you know, questions of xenophobia, and so what's happening is that I think Richard Greenberg and, and his <laughs> eminent brilliance and uh, prophetic wisdom has given us a play that is lockstep with some of those questions that we had to wrestle with during quarantine. It's brought here to the stage, you know, through America's greatest pastime in baseball. So it really does feel quite divine that we're opening the, um, you know, this play at this time. Yeah, I mean, it feels incredibly topical right now. The the premise of this superstar athlete coming out as gay, I'm referring to Darren Lemming, the baseball player played by Jesse Williams in your production. I don't think it was exactly shocking at the time, but certainly this was before some advances in civil rights that were made mm-hmm. in years that followed, such as the legalization of gay marriage nationally. But, um, you know, the struggles have continued, the ones you've mentioned, and the law and politics are fluid, as we were reminded very recently with a certain Supreme Court leak. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, yeah. So so how do you think the play either, obviously it still resonates, but speaks to people differently today? And, and was that something, it does seem to be something you addressed uh, with the director, Scott Ellis, and, and Richard Greenberg, the playwright? Yeah, and I just want to be clear. How does it speak differently today than it spoke twenty years ago? Is that the question? Uh, yeah, or or how does it? How does the resonance continue? And you know, also, um, you know, what yeah. given how prophetic Richard Greenberg was, you know, yeah. what what that's like, how that strikes audiences, you know, twenty years on, because I'm yeah. sure people are seeing this play. Some people seeing you are seeing it for the first time. Yeah, you know, I I, I use the word prophetic, and I, and I think that you know that might be accurate. But I think as as I think about it a little bit more, Elisa, I think what makes Richard remarkable is is not this necessarily this this um this gift that is beyond, you know, as in the, the gift of prophecy or say, but it's really the gift to be paying attention to the essential questions. And when you're paying attention to the essential questions in whatever moment we're in, I think those questions will have resonance for years to come. And so I think that's what he was more so tapped into is like the the essential nature of what it is to to question a superstar athlete like Darren coming out as as gay or and especially a biracial thing. So what is how does race 
a factor in our relationships here in America, right? And I think what he says is if we don't pay attention to these things, if we don't really interrogate these things, then they're always going to be a, a problem for us, right? If we are afraid to interact with these ideas. And so um, I think that's it's always timely because the questions that this play poses are just essential to our makeup as, as a people in this country. And so now looking at it, I, I was, uh, you know, I was lucky. I, actually, this is one of the first Broadway plays I saw 20 years ago. I saw the original production. Oh. Yeah. And uh, I was in grad school and I just, it was amazing. I, I mean, it was so amazing. I went out and I bought a copy of the play right after I saw it because it just, I, I, the acting was so great. I thought people were just making it up. I said, there's no way this was written. People up there just freestyling. <laughs> just <laughs> it up. And so I bought a copy of the play then. And, um, and I just was just struck by the clarity of, of, of thought and ideas and, and, and that there are no easy answers in the play, but I just, you know, more questions for us to to ask of ourselves and of each other. And I think that's where real progress is happening. And so coming back to it 20 years and how does it sit with me and hopefully audience members now, in one way, it sits with me saying, oh, you know what, this, the, I was asked these questions 20 years ago, and what have I done in those 20 years to address these questions? And so it's in one way, it's more of a, uh, a kind of a check in for me to see, am I learning the lessons? Am I doing the work necessary to to try and move humanity forward? Right. And then again, you have audience members who of another generation who didn't see the original, who was seeing this for the first time. And now we get to be in conversations with them and they get to be in conversation with our past and our present and hopefully have, you know, make better choices for the future. Yeah. Well said. Yeah, well said. Um, yeah, you uh, did. You have something to uh, to add, Eduardo? I think Brandon did an incredible job of, uh, yeah. of of breaking that down. I guess one of the things it almost not that it means more now because it was, from what I understand, it was extremely impactful when it came out. But now, twenty years later, a lot of the topics that are are discussed in the play are. In our news, are in our um, in our conversations constantly. I feel like, and to be able to uh, bring that together into uh, in sport, mm-hmm. which is another layer of uh, of constant conversation amongst uh, you know amongst friends, amongst people. So when you mix social issues that pose big questions, also with with sport mm-hmm. and what that does, and um, how sport brings people together, and then how topics that maybe might be uncomfortable for some people but yet you come together to play to play this game or to watch the game or to enjoy the game and can you um almost stand by your athletes mm. and yeah. what they're going through uh because one of the main things about Darren uh, in the play is that he is such a good athlete he is essentially the best player in the league and for him to come out as gay it also it poses a um, is it a problem for the for the team the New York Empires or for Major League Baseball that he is so good that they can't he he has to play he's he is the face of the league and uh, will the league stand by that will his team stand by that um, and I think that's huge and I think that that's something that uh, moving forward is will be interesting to see. Um, if we get to see that in our lifetimes, a an athlete who is so good at their sport, who is completely comfortable with also coming out if that is what their uh, their sexual identity is, 
um, yeah. to see what that does to the to the playing field and what how that affects people's thoughts about it. It's uh, yeah. No, I'm I'm glad you mentioned sports because that's obviously a big part <laughs> of the play. And it also occurred to me, you know, you all play baseball players, members of a team, even though your character is on a different team, Brandon. Um, mm. And this is very much an ensemble play. And you have a director in Scott Ellis who's overseen many classic ensemble pieces from 12 Angry Men to Company. So I'm curious, did you get into any of the parallels between team sports and that kind of camaraderie that you have as actors that the theater can also demand in a piece like this? Oh, yeah. You know, actually, Elisa, that was our first week of rehearsals was uh, <laughs> was training camp. <laughs> so it was quite literally we got into those parallels. There was a, a, a fundamental uh, indoor baseball camp. Uh, I think it's on the Upper West Side, if I remember correctly. Or yeah, yeah. Uh, that we spent about what was it, almost a week. Right. Yeah, uh, we did uh, that first those first five days yeah. we were we were at the uh, the training facility. And that's how we really got to know each other, not through the text, not through acting, but through us learning the fundamentals of baseball and some of us becoming, you know, or reminding ourselves of the fundamentals of baseball. And so, you know, we took batting practice, we took fielding practice and talked it up with some um, baseball coaches who had been professional athletes. And so just really getting a sense of, of, of that world more so than the world of the theater. And so that's, that, that was our foundation. I thought that was a brilliant move by Scott, uh, because it kind of put us all on a, on a level playing field, you know, within our cast, we have so many different degrees of experience in terms of the, the Broadway stage. Like we have people like, I don't know, myself and Kim Marks and Jesse Tyler Ferguson, who've done multiple Broadway shows. And then you've got fantastic actors like Ed Waddle on, on this call who's who's making his Broadway debut. Or Jesse Williams is making their Broadway debut, right? Mm-hmm. And so and so there's varying degrees of comfort level in terms of on this Broadway stage, but we were all kind of on ground zero, uh, you know, in, in this training because none of us are professional athletes. Eduardo happens to be one of the better athletes on the team. He actually played, uh, you know, sports. I think he was mentioned to you earlier that he plays lacrosse. And so uh, yep. we were all jealous of his athletic prowess in those early days, but it was still kind of an even playing field that none of us are, you know, the, uh, these professional athletes. And it was, I think it was just a great way to, um, to just lean into our insecurities, all of us, you know, together and, and form a team and do a lot of bonding. It's, it was, uh, it, it was a really special experience that I think gave us a great groundwork and foundation for the relationships that you continue to see every night in the Helen Hayes theater. We really are a team. hundred percent. Yeah, it was, it was a genius idea by Scott. Because, for example, for me, who um, have zero Broadway experience, but have pretty uh, thorough athletic background, it was, I mean, for me, it was just such a beautiful experience because it was also how I, how I discovered theater. It's how I discovered acting. I discovered it through sport. And then when I first began studying acting, I really realized how similar it was to, uh, to team sport training. I mean, when you're getting ready for a play, you have a group of individuals coming together with one common goal of producing a product, of displaying, you know, of, of expressing your art, of telling a story. And when you're on a team sport and your objective is to come together as a team with individual roles to produce a product of, of victory, essentially, and come up with a plan and execute that plan. So the, the camaraderie is, is really similar. and. 
I also I also really enjoy literature, so I've really found acting and theater itself um, just a great mix of uh, my aptitudes and interests. And then to be able to do a play like this, where I can bring some of my natural physicality from from athletics, and also my my love of baseball. I um my my family's Cuban, and uh, Cuban culture is is rich with baseball. And that was, I mean, my memories as a child are going to Yankee Stadium with my dad, with my parents, um, the, those dynasty Yankees that the play is somewhat uh, taken from is that's when I was really watching baseball. So to have that all come be presented as something that I get to perform is just incredible. Yeah, yeah. That's great. Nice to be able to bring that all together. I'd love to address your individual characters just a little bit. Um, Brandon, you play Davey Battle, who is um, Darren's best friend, though you play on a rival team. I have to say I found your character's evolution pretty chilling. (laughs) You are (laughs) extremely charming and charismatic. Just that hint of judgment or even a little menace that becomes more than a hint. I won't say any more more than that for those who haven't seen it. And yet, you know, clearly uh, he's fought his own battle. Sadie has no pun intended. And uh, is it a challenge to play this role without revealing him to be just unfaithful to his friend or simply villainous? Because, you know, he is so much more complicated than that. And you, for your yeah. performance, certainly re- reflected that. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. Um, it's not a challenge when the when the writing is this good. Right. You know, and I think the structure of the play, and this is not a giveaway, but some of the scenes take place out of chronological order. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that is a a great strength of this play and is that it's a it's a puzzle. It's almost it's a mystery. It's a whodunit almost. What Richard Greenberg does is challenges our perceptions, uh, the audience's perceptions of, of who these people are we think we we know someone and then things are revealed later even if they're out of sequence things are revealed later to say oh and then we have to rewind and replay moments in our head through a different lens and i think that's probably more accurate to life right than just a straight narrative and and showing the whole cards right up front and you thinking okay i know who that person is and how they behave i think life is just more nuanced and more complicated and that yes we operate to the best of our ability with the information given but it's to say that we don't know everything and so we have to leave some space for curiosity right Mm -hmm. in order to in order to be in relationship with people we we can't assume that we know someone fully. We can't ever assume that no matter how much time we spend around them. And I think we we always must remain, I guess, curious. And I think that's one of Davies, my characters, uh, that's probably his Achilles heel, that he thinks so much of himself and, and, and his perception and the way he can read people that he makes a, a, a great miscalculation about mm-hmm. who his friend Darren is, right? And what their relationship is. And I think, you know, all great plays are cautionary tales, in my opinion. So when you ask, is it difficult? It's difficult because of the, some of the conversations that we have to have in this play and some of the places that I have to go to because I feel like, you know, David feels like he's betrayed as well, you know, just as much as anybody else in this play. And so that is difficult to be able to render that truthfully. But what I take from the evening 
you know, the totality of the evening and my character's arc and how it fits into this play. I take great satisfaction in knowing that hopefully we're challenging someone else's in the audience, somebody's idea of what they thought is the truth and to make us more open to, to constantly being exploratory in our understanding of humanity. So and it, it's more joy than it is labor. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a great point you make that he feels he's betrayed. You know, I mean, I thought that was very palpable um, and that made him even more human and sympathetic to me. Um, Eduardo, your character, Rodriguez, is a Latino who speaks Spanish and he has some very funny moments on stage. (laughs) But he's also an outsider. He's another outsider, which is reinforced by another character who's bigoted, uses bigoted language to refer to him. And he seems closest to another Latino character on the team, which gives you a a sense that, you know, perhaps they're also alienated in some way or that, um, you know, certainly they've been subject to the kind of um, a different kind of of bias and and bigotry that is experienced in in different ways in this show. Um, Were those factors that you and the director discussed a lot? Yes. The, you know, when you glaze over it at first, what you see is uh, Rodriguez and Martinez, we kind of play more of into a the comedic relief of the play. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as you start to peel the onion back, you you start to see really what it's like inside what a, a clubhouse of a professional uh, baseball team would be, where Rodriguez and Martinez were, were Latin ball players. I, I've chosen, since my family is Cuban, that my character is from Cuba. And Iram Delgado's character, Martinez, is from Puerto Rico because he he's Puerto Rican. So you know, two people from two different countries who speak the same language, who don't speak the language of the majority of the of the players on the team or the country are here to do a job and they're here to win and, and play baseball. And you also have someone uh, like Kawabata, who's uh, played by Julian Sihi, who is a, a Japanese ball player. He's a Japanese pitcher. And he oh. is also completely isolated from everybody because whereas... Martinez and I, we have we have that comic relief and that brotherhood together within the team. Kawabata is completely alone. And um, since we don't understand what he's going through as Martinez and Rodriguez, we don't understand what's going on in his mind. We're just pissed that he's not performing the way he should be performing. And that also that creates another layer of conflict within the play and essentially is what calls up uh, Michael's character, Shane Mungit. So we're all flawed individuals, really, and we're all um, we're all very human. We have we have our struggles, and we make our mistakes, and some of these mistakes unintentionally or intentionally cause uh, great havoc throughout the story. Yeah, have either of you gotten particular feedback from audience members who either relate to your characters or, on the other hand, have issues with them? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I tell you, I don't go through the, the main stage door because I'm afraid of being pelted by, you know, rocks <laughs> and beer cans. And it's, let's just say we have a, a um, an audience, a fan base who is very territorial when it comes to, you know, our lead actor, Jesse Williams. <laughs> so, uh, no, I tell you, you know, it's I think our audiences have been certainly appreciative of the of the story in the evening of theater that they witness and they have very strong feelings about it and you know i get 
the comment, oh, I could, you, you, you know, you just ripped the rug right on. I couldn't stand your character at the end. I just, how could you do that to your friend and this and this? And it's, um, you know, and I'm, I'm, it makes me smile secretively inside that, uh, you know, that they had a journey. And I think that's what the theater is about. And I think, yeah, you know, you spend all this time and money and you want to go on a, a ride. And I think that's what this play does. Um, and, and just the feedback is, has been so, so robust. And, and one thing that I'm constantly proud of is that it totally, it exceeds expectations. I think there's a, a, a certain sector, we could probably say this truthfully, that there's a certain sector of the, of the audience members who come for something in particular. You know, they heard it's going to be a couple of shower scenes. And, <laughs> and, well, and, that. <laughs> yeah, you know, those gentlemen, they do deliver. But what they, what they leave with is so much more than what they bargained for, right? I mean, it's a, it's a real doozy of, of, a, of an experience. And so the feedback is, has been pleasant in, in that they want to engage more about the topics of the play and the questions of the play, as opposed to just the low hanging fruit and the salaciousness of seeing a new body on stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Eduardo, with your character. Um... It's beautiful to see the diversity that this Play brings out from our audiences and the uh, the multicultures that that we get, and it's it's always wonderful to speak to audience members who a who understand what what uh, Martinez and I are saying because uh, <laughs> you know, we are we are speaking in Spanish, so there <laughs> there are quite a few people who do not know what what we are saying. But you know when they do, it, it's wonderful, and to to have people um, you know just give you a shout out like that and say like oh you know it's it's wonderful to see. Latin actors on stage speaking Spanish and uh, representing their cultures. And, you know, that's one of the, the beautiful things I think about, yeah. about Latin ethnicity. It's multi, multicultural and it's got all different kinds of flavors. And, you know, we are sprinkling two different types of that flavor on the stage. And it's great to, uh, yeah. to get some feedback from that. You know what I love about that in particular too, Eduardo, is that Greenberg, like a lot of this, the, the dialogue that, that, that you all speak, you and Hiram speak, that it's not, we don't get subtitles or we don't get a translation for it, right? And I love that so much, right? To say that, I mean, language is, is such an important idea in this play in particular, how we communicate, who has the right to communicate, who has access to things because of the way they can communicate or who's denied things because they can't communicate in a certain way. I mean, Richard Greenberg is just such a, a verbose. Uh, his language is as muscular as the athleticism of these men and of the sport, right? Hundred percent. And, and and I love that we have to come into to your world and w- without explanation, right? And it says that's part of the culture too. That's part of America too, because this country is or and it's built by and it is it contains a multitude of things. And not everything you're gonna you don't have the entitlement to understand everything, but you must accept that this is a vital part of of who we are. And I just love that we don't you know have to explain things in order to justify it. Yeah. Oh, that's that's a wonderful breakdown of the play in a in a broader sense, you know, of all it does in addition to all it addresses in addition to being really funny and entertaining. So um, I feel a little silly asking you a question that, um, <laughs> Brandon, you mentioned the shower scene earlier. Um, I'm sure you've been asked this a million times, and I don't think Brandon, you're. I think you're spared this part of the show. I, I am indeed. I th- no, I think the audience is spared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
But um, a lot of attention has been given to the fact that there is some nudity on stage uh, when players are showering. I don't know whether to ask you if this was a challenge or if you're sick of being asked about it. (laughs) You can choose whichever question you want to answer. Well, again, first, I'm going to... As uh, Brandon has been doing, I'm going to give uh, Richard Greenberg here a, a, a quick shout out because although we are completely naked on stage, the amount of feedback that I have gotten about the shower scene, how great the scenes are that they the audience finds themselves watching us, listening to us and watching our interactions versus... Uh, as we could say, the the low hanging fruit. <laughs> yeah. So it and that's that's uh that's because of Richard and uh and also because of Scott. Scott knows what uh what the play is all about, and they created a a scene there where although we are front and center, that uh, people are listening and they're they're yeah. focused on what's going on and um, how the story is moving along. And I just think that's wonderful. And uh, I guess in the beginning, when we were getting ready, it was certainly a whole lot of adrenaline, especially during a tech rehearsal when you're nervous about the water temperature, if it's going to (laughs) be, if that water's cold, especially when the theater's cold and it's still like 20 degrees outside in the beginning of March. And, uh, you know, all those nerves and then showtime, you know, <laughs> but I feel like a lot of the nerves were, were kind of pushed out of the way during tech and, uh, and that first week. And something that helps too, is that the, the lights are so bright in that scene that you can't really see the audience. Uh-huh. You can really only see the guys in like, as if it were, uh, you know, the, the locker room showers, like that's all you can really see. Oh, it's interesting. You know, and to that, at least yeah, I think about being an actor, right? You got to have some kind of an ego where you're an actor or you're just not going to do well in this business. And if you want, if your goal is to be seen and have people pay attention to you, then what better way? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I look at those guys on stage and say, they win. And this one, if your goal is to have somebody pay attention, you win. Like, <laughs> it's undeniable. Yeah, and it it does feel, as you said, very natural. I mean, guys talking while they're showering, you know, that's what athletes do. um, It feels very real. It doesn't feel gratuitous. Um, Well, listen, since uh, I have gotten that out of the way, um, are there any other projects that you're working on at the moment? I know you guys are always multitasking. Uh, You both do stage and screen work that you want to mention before I let you go. You know, it's um, I, I've had a pretty jam packed schedule. I also I'm, I, I teach acting at NYU's grad acting program, and these last nine months of getting back online post COVID with this show coming up with you mentioned Skeleton Crew earlier, it's been a pretty jam packed. So my next project is to work on being a, a husband and a father who actually you know sees their wife and child sometimes. Oh. So I'm going to try to take the summer off, and uh, I also direct. Maybe in the fall, we have a couple of projects that we're looking at directing and back to school but whatever it is it's gonna it's gotta be great because it's gonna pale in comparison to this experience that we're having would take me out Mm. yeah i would uh i would agree with brandon i um i have a five-year-old daughter and i am really excited to spend some more time with her because prior to the show we've i mean it's beautiful the amount of time we've gotten to share especially during uh pandemic quarantining and all that so i I, yeah, I definitely want to be more present as a father these uh, these next couple months. Also, now auditions are starting to trickle in because I made it clear that um, I didn't want to audition for anything that was shooting during the run of this play. Mm-hmm. And um, so I've, I've uh, 
this morning I auditioned for um, a cartoon, did a little voiceover work there and did my first self-tape last week. So yeah, slowly but surely we'll, we'll, um, we'll see what comes. Yeah, listen, I have no doubt that Eduardo's dance card is going to get real packed real soon. Yeah. I mean, if you, yeah, and if, if you have any doubts, come on out to see Take Me Out at the Helen Hayes Theater and you can see, you know, his work and especially in the shower scenes. Um, let's- <laughs> and and come, kid, come to the show. You can see Brandon and his tremendous baseball swing. My man really knows how to hit a home run. So. <laughs> We're getting deep into metaphor territory here. Well, that's a good way to wrap things up. Um, thank you so much for joining us and, you know, enjoy your time with your family and good luck and everything. And please stay safe and healthy. You as well, Lisa. Thank you so thank much you. for your time. It's thank been a you pleasure. very much, Lisa. Yeah, it's been wonderful. For all things Broadway, and to find tickets to your next show, visit broadwaydirect.com. And if you liked our show, please follow us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And don't forget to share and rate Stage Door Sessions so that other theater fans can find us too. This podcast is produced by Broadway Direct and the Niederlander Organization with Iris Chan, Aaron Provosnik-Wagner, and Paul Ark Smith, and hosted and produced by me, Elisa Gardner. Thank you for listening, and we look forward to seeing you again on Broadway.